Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast as we continue our Road to Moscow series. Ori Benatar here with Shanith Demel. Shanith, how you doing, man? Not too bad, man. How are you? I've been good also. So today we're going to be previewing uh, your home nation, Australia. The Socceroos are back in the World Cup for a fourth consecutive time. After qualifying for the first time in 1974, Australia did not make the World Cup until 2006. Uh, their second World Cup also in Germany. They got to the round of 16 only to lose to Italy in heartbreaking fashion on a late penalty. And recently in their past two World Cups, they have not performed uh, tremendously, including a really bad showing in Brazil in 2014 where they lost all three group games, finishing 30th out of 32 in the knockout stages it is the sixth world it is the fifth world cup for australia and they're going to be looking to redeem themselves in group c where they will open up the tournament against one of the favorites france on june the 16th in kazan followed by a match against another european uh power well not powerhouse but another good european team in denmark and and samara and then going to sochi to take on peru so shanith how do you feel overall about this australian team who qualified to the world cup through the intercontinental playoff over honduras um to be honest I don't really rate our chances too well. Um, you know, there's always hope, but we've got a, a tough but doable, doable group. Um, France, of course, is going to be the favourites. Uh, um, and the uh, opening fixture, as you said, on, six, on the 16th, that's going to be vital to our chances. Um, but, you know, looking across Peru, Denmark, um, I really don't know where we're going to pick up the points. Yeah, right. I mean, Australia... It'll probably be a group stage exit. Probably. That's a, that's what a lot of people are saying about Australia. Some people predicting that they'll be one of those teams that finish with no points in the group. I do think potentially they could get some points against Peru. Of course, Peru and Australia were the two nations that qualified through the intercontinental playoff. But let's take a quick look at this Australia squad because it's really a, a cacophony of youth and aging experience and obviously the first guy that comes to mind is tim cahill 50 goals for australia he's back in the world cup at age 38 you've also got mile jedinak the captain at 33 uh, but also you have some guys that uh, turned up in the premier league season aaron moy for huddersfield and matthew ryan the goalkeeper of brighton and then another guy who really impressed me in the world cup last time matthew lecky playing for hertha berlin he's a guy with some pace but overall Who's that? Who's the main man in this Australia squad other than Tim Cahill that could potentially get them a win in this World Cup? Um, obviously, as you said, uh, Aaron Moy and uh, Matt Ryan in goals—they're going to be the uh, uh, players that Australia rely on. Um, they're both playing at a very high standard, a much higher standard than the rest of the squad, who you know scattered around various leagues in Europe and Asia. Um, another key player is actually going to be Trent Sainsbury in the middle of defence. Uh, the Socceroos' uh, depth is, you know, quite, um, it's scarily uh, low, but um, Trent Sainsbury is one of the only few that are playing in Europe at the moment. And um, he's a good, he's a cultured ball-playing centre-back, uh, which is something that you don't generally find coming out of Australia. And if he can marshal the defence properly with perhaps the likes of Mark Milligan alongside him, there's a chance that you could we could limit the damage, say, against France or um, Peru or even Denmark. So, you know, it's it'll be interesting. But um, or another problem position over the last few years has been right back, where um, in the recent friendly against the Czech Republic, uh, they put in Josh Risden. 
at right back and he did quite a good job. So it'll be interesting to see, but definitely Aaron Moy, Trent Sainsbury and Matt Ryan will be the key players here. Australia going to be needing some key performances from them in, uh, in a pretty tough group facing two very good European teams and then a South American team in Peru who's going to be playing with a lot of emotion and a lot of heart. But this, this past qualification campaign for Australia was, was less than stellar, to say the least. You know, usually they're comfortably going through in Asia, you know, with the likes of Japan and South Korea and Iran in most World Cup qualifying years. But this time around, they went through Syria in a playoff. They needed extra time to beat them in the second leg in Sydney. And then they needed a 3-1 win in Sydney after scoreless draw in Honduras to beat Honduras in the Intercontinental playoff. Because it seems like this Australia team, that golden generation that played so well in the 2006 World Cup, obviously getting up in years. But there is some youth there that maybe could help develop Australia a little more. Do you think maybe after this World Cup, there's potential that they can perform a little bit better in Qatar 2022? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a good flock of youth coming in. Um, unfortunately, only a few of them have actually made the World Cup squad this year, like uh, Daniel Lazani, who had to be poached from Iran, actually. Um, he's a very good board, uh, He's got very good ball skills and a good dribbler. Uh, he's been lighting up the Australian A-League, um, which is not a very high standard, of course, but nonetheless, he possesses a, something that most Aussies do not have um, much of, which is technical skill. Um, you mentioned uh, Leckie before. He's he's one of those uh, uh, classic Aussie types, which is uh, good physicality but not much ball skills, which is something that Arzani has. Um, as for other players, there's not much as of now, but there's a lot of talent going around. So maybe, you know, who knows, in four years, you could have a real bolter come through into that squad. But um, at the moment, it looks like the 20, uh, 22 squad's going to be remain, you know, with the likes of Moy, Rogic, uh, Ryan leading the way and uh, potentially a few youngsters coming through in the next few years. Now, here's a question that I wanted to ask you, Shanith. Now, looking forward into the future for just the World Cup in general, of course, in 2026, whether the World Cup is in North America or Morocco, it's going to be a 48-team format. And as the years go by, when more teams are qualifying and there's more improvement, it might be harder for Australia to qualify through Asia. So do you think that maybe, you know, a fan like yourself, would you be thinking like, oh, man, I wish we were still in Oceania qualifying so we can get into the World Cup easier because you could see teams like Syria, Uzbekistan, and you know even China, who's trying to develop an amazing team in the future. They've put a lot of money into the Chinese Super League. Do you think it's going to be even harder for Australia to qualify for World Cups when the tournament's expanded? Or do you feel that Australia just has enough talent to be one of those probably eight teams in Asia that make it when the World Cup expands? You know what? You bring up an interesting, uh, interesting point. Um, I, I'm not too sure, but I think that uh, Osh... Oceania would still get one guaranteed spot. Is that right? But um, yeah, they would. They would get a guaranteed in in that side. Yeah, in that side of the world, it's certainly you know Australia would be streets ahead. You have the likes of the um, uh, American Samoa, who Australia beat thirty-one nil back in two thousand and one or two thousand and two, something like that, and um, which is the uh, a record for the most number of goals scored. But um, 
Yeah, it's tough to say because Australia is certainly a powerhouse in Asia and um, apart from the qualification for this tournament. And um, if there's eight guaranteed spots, I can't really see where the threat is going to be outside of the established names like South Korea, Japan, Iran, and, um, you know, potentially China coming in the future. So it's tough to say because um, the national team has been in a bit of a slump the last few years, having the effect of the... Um, aging uh, golden generation of 2006 you know who's tim cake who's the only one left of that but it, it's you know who knows to what the future holds but i i feel optimistic and you know potentially will be one of the teams that can uh easily secure qualification or in one of those eight places well, let's discuss about uh, Australia's chances in this World Cup as we're going to move on to the final portion of our preview, the predictions. How we're going to do it here, Janith, maximum number of points you think Australia can get in this group. Is there any chance that they can get a win, or do you think, you know, even higher than that, they can maybe secure a draw against the likes of Denmark or even France? Maximum number of points you think the Socceroos can get in their group. Well, being wildly optimistic here, I'd say the max number of points would be four or five, and that is being like seriously outlandish with a win against Peru and two draws against Denmark and France. Um, that should, on paper, be enough to secure qualification to the round of 16, but honestly, Peru is the only team that I feel we can get any points against, and even then, they've got Paolo Guerrero back, so that's going to be a major boost for them. They're back in their first tournament after 30-odd years, and they'll be really up for it, so I'm not really sure how many points we can realistically get, but yeah. Yeah, I would say Australia, I'll be a little more pessimistic and say the maximum number of points they can get is two, because I just don't see them having enough skill to beat any of these three teams in Group C. I, I think they're going to have a really, really tough match against France. Maybe a draw against Denmark, but Denmark usually, you know, they play well in at least one group game, and that might be the group game they play really well in. I think Peru is going to give Denmark a tough matchup. And then Australia and Peru, I think that's the only game Australia could potentially win, but I think Peru is going to be playing with too much emotion in this tournament because the fans are going to be behind them, the whole nation is, and they're just going to play with so much heart. But let's say Australia does make it out of Group C, you're looking at a potential matchup probably with either Argentina or Croatia. Is there any chance, no chance Australia gets to the quarterfinals if they get out of the group stage? For me, there's really no chance. I mean, the likes of Croatia and Argentina would just be too much of a step up to, to make it through. Um, as I said, there's not much technical ability in this squad apart from Aaron Moy. Um, you know, you come with a certain level of form with the likes of Rogic and, and Lecky ripping it up at Celtic and Hertha Berlin earlier in the season, but... You know, it'll be too much of a step up to face with a with a threadbare defence to face the likes of you know uh, Luka Modric or Messi and and um, fellow Argentinians. So I honestly don't feel if by some chance they make it to the round of sixteen that they'll you know scrape a win to go through to the quarters. So we'll have to see what Australia can do in the 2018 World Cup. For Shanith Demel, I'm Ori Benatar. After Australia finishes the World Cup. In Russia, they've got a big tournament also in January of 2019 in the Asian Cup. Their group containing Jordan, Palestine, and Syria, who they're going to rematch after they defeated them an extra time in the Asian fifth-place playoff. So that is our Socceroo preview. Australia opens up the tournament against France on June the 16th as we continue our road to Moscow here on the Top Flight Podcast.